0: What's up everybody? It's time for another Master Passive Income show. Now, this is the Master Passive Income show where we talk all about real estate rental property and how you can quit your job because you have enough money coming in to your pocket every single month from the rents that you collect from your rental properties. Now, today we're going to be talking all about buying your first property and getting over that fear that everybody feels when they buy that first property. It's always hard to buy that first property and I want to help you get past that fear. Now the easiest thing is actually to buy that first property but the harder thing is to actually buy the right property making sure you have a business that runs itself that makes you money when you sleep where you go on vacation or do whatever you want and that's what we're going to go through all today. All right guys let's get in the show where we talk all about buying that first property getting past the fear and getting your business going. All right let's start the show. Welcome to the Master Passive Income Podcast, where we talk about all aspects of real estate rental properties with a special focus on making enough money so you can quit your job and live the dream life. And now, here is your host, Dustin Heiner. Hey guys, thank you so much for being here. That's the first thing I want to do is I want to thank you so much for being here, a part of the Master Passive Income Show. You guys are fantastic. I really appreciate all the emails that I get, all the people responding and, and letting me know that you really appreciate it. Now, I just got off of my trip where I took my entire family. We went to Salt Lake City, Utah, then we went up to Idaho and Idaho Falls. And so we live in Phoenix, Arizona. So it was literally just, a, you know, we just went north to see some nicer areas. And in the trip, we wanted to look at properties for to to buy as rentals, but at the same time, looking for properties that we would want to live in now there's a term for people who live up in like Idaho and Utah, where it snows all the time it 's called snowbirds you know they're a snowbird where when it snows up there in the winter, they go down to places like Phoenix where it's nice and warm in the winter and they live there for For I don't know, like two or three, four or five months of the year, when it's really, really beautiful in Phoenix, and I I guarantee you, it's fantastic in Phoenix in the wintertime. It's just absolutely amazing. So we're looking for a place up in Idaho that is, you know, beautiful the majority of the year, but then obviously in the winter it's going to be cold. And then we'll come back down into Phoenix where we have a rental property already here. We'll Airbnb it now, so the house we'll live in that we're currently living in right now in Phoenix, what we'll do is we'll Airbnb it for the majority of the year that we're in Idaho. And then when we come back into town for the winter time for, you know, three months or so, then we would just block out that three months and then move into that and just live there for three months and then go back up to Idaho. At least that's the plan, Lord willing so far, but you know, something might change. We might do the opposite where we live, live in Phoenix for maybe, you know, six, seven, eight months, and then have a place up in Idaho, you know, by the Grand Tetons or Yellowstone or something. That's so beautiful. So it was a great trip. I saw a lot, of, a lot of great things, looked at a lot of uh, different um, places to live, checked out properties and things like that. It was terrific. Now, in that time when I was traveling, something came out recently that I wanted to share with you guys about. Apparently, there's a college admission scandal. So apparently some really wealthy people, actresses and I don't know, other wealthy people are paying to have their kids look better so that college admission, I don't know, whatever the admission people, they would look at them and say, hey, let me go ahead and bring them in and admit them into the college. Now, apparently a lot of people are very, very upset that the people are spending money and basically lying to get their kids into college. Well, here's number one. If you listen to the show at all, at any length, you'll hear me say that I believe that college is outdated. College is something that is not for everybody anymore. Maybe if you're going to be a doctor a, and an engineer, um, you know, a lawyer or something like that, where you need multiple multiple years of education, not just like, hey, I want to I want to go work at uh, Costco. Let me get a college degree. No, that's that's actually you know a little counterintuitive because you're actually going to be spending a t- ton of money. But anyways, as this college scandal came out, immediate gut reaction was like, so what? who cares like they're they're paying for their kids to get into college it did come out that they were actually lying and you know <laughs> photoshopping uh, their kids face on somebody else's body i mean who does that like uh, as like a soccer player like let me or lacrosse or something like that let me put my kids face on somebody else's body showing that they're playing lacrosse or soccer or something like that to make them look better more like like to uh, get into the school they just couldn't get in or they wanted every chance that they could to get in so in my perspective is college is basically a money making scheme. And in general, when you look at what you're what's pumping out, you know, all the people that are getting pumped out, um, they get a degree really easily. You know, they don't really have to study that hard. I mean, some people when they become doctors, absolutely, they're studying really hard. But just getting a four year degree, that is so easy to do. But I was thinking with college, why in the world would you even go to college? College should be so that you get a good job out of it where you learn how to make money. But I don't know about you. I had to take classes like women's studies. Nothing against women at all. I I love my wife. I love my daughters. I love women. I think they're fantastic. Um, Just like men, they're they're great. But I don't want to study that because I want to learn how to make money for my family. You know, they're saying, well, you need a well-rounded education. I'm like, why do I need that? How is that going to make me any more money? Like, why did I need to take badminton? You know, why 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 do I need to do any of that stuff? It's not going to help me make money. And so when this college admission scandal came out, I said, you know what? They should be able to pay. You know, two million dollars. Like, my kid isn't smart enough, but I know that I'm going to pay two million dollars, and when it only costs like five hundred thousand, which can you imagine five hundred thousand dollars for a college education, or two hundred thousand, or one hundred thousand dollars? Oh my goodness! If somebody gave me two million dollars to start investing in real estate, I would literally never work again because of all the real estate that I could buy. Now, this is what I'm doing for my kids. Like I'm never going to push my kids or encourage them to go to college. In fact, I'm discouraging them. From going to college, and the big reason why is there's a couple of them one how much it costs i mean it's absolutely ridiculous astronomical how much it costs it seems like it 's a money making scheme for the finance companies for the college educators and all it just, it just seems bad, but then what they're teaching you not not i mean obviously you get some uh, teaching that isn 't the best you might have an agenda but You should be taught things that help you get a job, things that help you make money. And I can teach my kids. I know that I can teach my kids so much better how to make money, how to provide for the family and literally never need a job because I invest in real estate and I invest in rental properties. And that's what I'm teaching my kids to do. So I'm encouraging you. If you're if you're in college, you know, if you you can pull out, pull out because you don't really need to be in college. You can just start buying one property and then in one year, then two years, you buy in two years, you buy your second property, your third property, and you just keep growing after that. And after 10 years, you're gonna have, you know, 15 properties, 20 properties, making you $250 a month, and you're gonna be able to not need a job again. Now, to help you get started, because I know it's so hard to buy that first property, you need to have education. I want to give you my free real estate investment. Course, go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course. Get that free course where I'm going to show you and hopefully get you past the fear so that you can buy that first property. Masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course. Now, last week, I talked all about being frugal and how being frugal helped me to be rich even faster, you know, to to, to build my business and have a solid income that I didn't need a job. And I did it even faster by saving money to then buy more properties. Here's a here's a grand scheme. What I'm telling my kids, all you need to do is get a decent job that gets you a decent rate, like work at Costco. Even if you just work at Costco, you can save up your money by cutting expenses, being frugal, buy one property, then save up that money from that property and can, continue to save from your job buy a second property and then keep doing that over and over again and Eventually, you know, over 10 years, you will literally not need a job and you would not have gone to college and wasted four, six, eight, however many years and hundreds of thousands of dollars on college. So, I want to encourage you guys to say there's so many other ways to make money than going to college. College is not going to help you to make money in the end. I mean, you hopefully you're going to get a job, you'll have hopefully knowledge that'll help you in that job, but at the same time, there's so many other jobs that don't require a college education. So, I'm going to get off my, my Rant that you know what? Oh well, they you know some rich people are paying two million dollars to try to get their kid into college. Oh well, you know, move on. It's going to life's going to be okay. Uh, okay, so I want to talk all about that first rental property. I get so many of my students, all of my coaching students, the ones that are inside of my my ultimate real estate investing system that I have. Uh, When they get in there and they start learning, they realize, man, buying that first property is hard. And even people that just listen to the podcast email me, you know, how do I get that first property? I'm I'm scared about buying that first property. Now, like I said in the intro, I'm going to say this to you right now, that buying the property, buying a property or any property, that is actually the easiest thing. That's the easiest part of the business. Anybody can go to any city And call up a realtor and say, hey, I want to buy a property. Let me buy a property. You actually put your money down. You get financing. You put that that, uh, property in in your pocket. Basically, it's in your inventory. You actually now have a a property that you could rent out. As you rent that out, you start losing money. (laughs) <laughs> no, it's a, What a big letdown because you didn't build the business first. You didn't find the right area to invest. You didn't find the, the property managers. You didn't find contractors. You didn't know which properties to buy, which ones to stay away from, which ones are good deals. So the easiest thing is to actually buy the property. The hard part is creating your business so that it runs itself so that you don't, liter- you literally don't have to work. You have other people doing all the work for you and you just reap all the benefits. You get all the rewards from your business that you've created. Now, in everything that we're talking about in the fear of buying that first property, there's going to be a good amount of stuff that you're going to probably want to look at. So I have my show notes that's going to be written out for you where you're going to be able to see everything as you're listening to it. Go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash 05. I've won. This is a 51st episode. Now buying that first property, that is very, very difficult. I went through that same thing. In fact, every time I buy a property, I'm kind of thinking, you know what? I'm praying that this is going to work out. But what I've done is because I've created a system because I've done it so many times, it's really just like, you know, going to a grocery store, just picking out something and buying it and saying, you know, what? this is going to work for me and put it to good use. Exact same thing, especially once you have an area of the country that you invest. You already have three, four, five, six, seven, maybe 15 properties. You already have a property manager that's going to run the properties for you or that is currently running the properties. It's so much easier to buy that property now because you already have the business put in place. So, that is, we'll get to that in just a little bit, but I wanted to talk about some fears. That people have, the fears that come into people's heads when, "Oh my goodness, like, like I'll give you a, a question that people get asked me, what if I lose money?" or, "What if I buy the wrong property?" Or what if I buy in the wrong area of the town or a state or you know, the country? What if I buy in the wrong place? What if the property burns down?" So I have some questions I'm going to go through, and then I'm going to give you step-by-step ways to get past these fear. Now what really happens in the very beginning is there's so much information. As well as there's so many properties, so many places to look, so many different options on um, you know, what type of house to look for. There's so many things. So somebody starts to feel overwhelmed. They start, the investor, who's never bought a property, who's starting to build their business, they start feeling overwhelmed and they they kind of get a li- like lost in the headlights. So, you know, like a deer looking at headlights, they just stop and freeze. So you kind of get lost in head- headlights and you feel overwhelmed, but then you shut down where you don't actually buy that first property. You don't get that first win under your belt of a property that makes you money. Now, when you start feeling overwhelmed, you start feeling like there's, there's too much out there. You, you don't know if you're going to be able to do it right. What you need to do is never lose sight of your goal. Like, what is your ultimate reason and why do you want to invest in real estate rental properties? For me, it was because I was tired of working for somebody else. I wanted to be independent or financially independent, so I didn't have to rely on somebody else for a job. I literally just wanted to be able to do everything on my own and not rely on somebody else. So that was my goal. Your goal might be because you want to, you know, spend more time with your family. That's fantastic. Or travel the world or buy the things that you want or whatever it might be. Don't lose sight of your goal because your goal is going to help you to remember that you need to push through all of these roadblocks that come in your way. All these, you know, hurdles that come up as you're running, you know, imagine yourself a track athlete. You're running on the track and there's hurdles in your way. Well, you got to jump over those hurdles. And if you crash through them, you're going to get hurt. So you got to try to get over those. So don't lose sight on the reason why you want to invest and put that on the forefront of your mind. Like if it's your, your your kids, you know, make sure the picture of your kids is on your mirror. When you wake up every morning, you go to the bathroom, brush your teeth, and you see the picture of your kids and say, this is why because I want more time to be able to spend time with my kids. I want to be able to coach the little league games instead of missing them because I'm working. You know, I want to be able to take them to the circus because I have money now to be able to do that. I want to be able to just be there for them and watch them grow up and live life rather than pass it by and then wish I had time back at the end. So never lose sight of your goal. And with that, and I already said this, is what is your why? Why do you want to invest in real estate? Why do you want to have the passive income coming in? Remember that every time you start feeling overwhelmed, it'll hopefully help you get focused because I know it did for me. It got me more focused on my my. Vision and plan, and the direction that I was going with real estate because I knew the ultimate goal was to eventually quit my job. So I had more time for my family, I had more money, I had time, I had control over my life, and I was able to do that. Now, in feeling overwhelmed, what I want to help you out is to understand that what is going to get you even more understanding of the process of buying properties, building a business. When you start feeling overwhelmed, you get even more overwhelmed. It's really to get educated, is one of the best ways to get past feeling overwhelmed. I know when I start feeling overwhelmed, it's because I don't have enough knowledge or understanding or information of the certain situation. I'll give you a, a more practical example. So let's say, you know, when I'm driving through um, Salt Lake City, like Salt Lake City is really, really big. Well, I get a little overwhelmed because it's a big city and I have no clue. Where to go. So I'm relying on my GPS, you know, you know, 21st century GPS where, you know, you see you have to have a map or talk to people, you know, get out of your car like, hey, where do I go here? I remember I have to do that. But um, so when you don't know where you're going in the city and you have no map, you have nobody telling you where to go, you start feeling overwhelmed like, man, I don't have any information on how to get to where I want to go. Like if you're driving from, let's say, Oregon, you want to go to, to Disney World, which is in Orlando, Florida. You want to drive all the way there. Well, if you don't have a map, if you don't have somebody telling you how to get there or where to go or what to, to look out for, if you don't have any of that, you're going to feel overwhelmed because you're like, man, I'm just confused on what to do. Now, the key is to get educated, have somebody helping you. If you have a, a somebody, if you know somebody, that invests in real estate, talk to them, ask them questions, you know, pick their brains to see how you can make sure that you don't have any problems or as best you can mitigate through those problems by having somebody else help you. So get educated on real estate. That's listen to podcasts like mine. You read blog articles. You can go to other sites. You can go to real estate investor meetups in your area. There's so many different ways to get educated. So you want to get educated to help you to know the path that you want to go. Now, here's another question I get or one of the main questions I get well, what if I lose money? Like, what do I do if I lose money? Well, I, absolutely, that's a great question. You're investing your money. It's not like you're just going to be throwing your money and getting a guaranteed return. There is a possible way that you lose money, but what we do at Master Passive Income and what I teach all my students is what we want to do is mitigate as much as we can from losing any money. Now, the way to do that is not to invest to like flip a property where you hope appreciation is actually going to make you money. You know, you buy low and you sell within six months and you flip, you flip the property, you know, put money into it, and make it look better. And then we don't do that. That's not something we do. We invest in long term where we get rental income from that property. So here's what you do you want to invest for monthly passive income. The question is, what if I lose money? Well, if you invest in a monthly passive income, you are going to mitigate so many chances of losing money. Here's what I tell every student. So here's, I'm going to give you a tip that's inside of my Ultimate Real Estate Investing System that um, uh, is my course that I have for all my students. So inside there, I'm I'm going to get you a little insight into that course. It is, you only buy properties that make you $250 or more each month in passive income. I had one investor tell me, "Well, I tried to buy properties for only $100 a month. Like, I if I made $100 a month from that one property, then I am ecstatic. Like that's what I want from that one property." Well, my opinion is, okay, if you have one property that is rented and it only makes you $100 a month, how much is that a year that you would make? You know, after all expenses, if your profit is $100, how much is that going to make you in 1 year? Well, 12 months out of the year, you're only making $100. How much is that going to be? That's going to be $1,200 or $1,200. Now, in my opinion, that is really not that much money. $1,200, if you have an $800 mortgage and you have an eviction or you just have the tenant move out for one month, that's $800 of your $1,200 eaten up. That's only $400 extra. You know, God forbid you actually had two months that you had a tenant out. Well, you're actually losing money now. And so what happens if you have the furnace go out and you needed to replace that? And that's going to cost, you know, $1,500. Well, that's going to eat up your entire uh, your entire income for the entire year. So, But if you invest for $250 or more each month in passive income, you are going to mitigate all those problems of having the possibility of actually losing money. Now, another question, or sorry, along with that question is, what if I lose money? You want to do your research. Before you do anything, before you buy a property, you want to do your own research. Number one, like I said, when you're feeling overwhelmed, get educated. But number two... You need, or with losing money, you know, what if I lose money? You want to do your research of the area. You want to do the research of the types of property that are for sale, research on what type of property managers are there, how much they charge, what type of inspectors. You want to look at what type of clientele is actually going to be there, you know, if they're going to be, um, if there's a higher crime in certain areas of the city or not. So do your research so you understand the entire market before you buy. You know, I invest. And a lot of different places across the country. And what I do is I try to find out as much as I can about each state and each city and each even neighborhood that I invest in. Like I even know like the zip code. Like in this particular zip code, this is where the bad problems problem you know properties are. Like there's more crime here, or it's harder to collect rents and stuff like that. But in this other area code. Sorry, yeah, sorry, zip code. This other zip code is actually a really, really good area, a really good zip code that I want to buy property. So I know the area as best I can. And the way I do that is by talking to people, doing research online. And this that'll go way outside of the scope of this podcast. So let's move on. Now, another thing is, you know, if somebody asks, Well, what if I lose money? Well, we want to mitigate losing money. And another one is along with getting educated, is you want to work with other investors in like a mastermind or or a real estate investor meetup. Um, you want to get with other investors to talk to them about what what's working for them, what's not working for them. Maybe they're selling a property, they're moving into apartment complexes, and they need to sell a property or two properties, and they're good properties, but they can work great for you, but it's not for them because they're moving up to apartment complexes. And so the thought is, you know, what if I lose money? You want to be working with other people to make sure that you're not going to lose money. Now, I'm not guaranteeing you I'm sorry. I'm not guaranteeing you that you would not actually lose money, but we are doing everything we can to mitigate these problems. Now I've been doing this for 12 or 13 years and I don't lose money because I have so many properties. Now some properties, you know, they might lose money, but I have other properties that all that income from those property, they make it up. Like I've n- literally never written a check in my 12 years of investing. I've never written a check and given it to my property manager to pay for something because all the money from my other properties pay for the expenses of the other properties. Hopefully that makes sense. Hope you're tracking that. Okay. Another question is that I always get, what if I buy the wrong property? You know, what if I find the wrong one? It looks great, but then it's a money pit or nobody wants to rent in it or, you know, there's so many different issues with buying the wrong property. So my key to that, to getting out of this Issue or thought that you're going to buy a wrong property is along with doing your research, builds on with that is you build a team. You build a team of people around you that are going to help you number one, buy, find the right property, buy the right property, inspect that property, make sure you have everything fixed up right, and finding good tenants and collecting the rents. So, as I just went through that list, I mean, you're going to find property managers, you're going to find realtors, you're going to find inspectors contractors roofers plumbers electricians you're going to find all these people so that at any given time you can call them up and say hey i need you to do this i need you to x y z or whatever it might be and especially your property manager that's your quarterback of your team i think about like a football team the quarterback is a leader you want your property manager to be the quarterback to lead everything so that you make money now also if you know the question is what if i buy the wrong property well, you need to protect yourself from those problems and protecting yourself from buying the wrong property and buying the problem properties is you actually have inspections on the properties from home inspectors, roof inspectors, plumbers, property managers. So basically everybody you build on your team, you're going to have them inspect the property. Now, not just have them inspect their one thing. Like I'll give you a a pro tip here. If you are having somebody work on the toilet, you know, and there's a toilet that needs to be fixed. Well, if a roofer is working there, you know, they got to use the bathroom. So when you're talking to the roofer and they're fixing the roof roof up, you could say, hey, while you're there, would you mind using the bathroom and just letting me know what condition the bathroom is? Because I got told that the 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 real from the realtor that the bathroom is really rough or it's great, whatever it might be. Like this is what I've heard. I just want to verify it with you. So you use other people to inspect other work, and that's a pro tip. Again, is you're going to use everybody to check other people's work and what other people are saying. Like I never take everybody's word or one person's word for it. Like if I talk to my property manager, they say hey this is fantastic, or better yet, if I talk to a realtor and this realtor is saying this is the best property you got to pay this much because it's going to go fast. And you know, you better hurry up, you better even pay more. I don't take their word for it. I'll even call like three realtors and ask them their, que- um, you know, my questions. I'll even talk to two or three property managers or home inspectors. Like I'll talk to lots of people. I don't take one person's word for it. Another question that goes along with all of these is what if I buy in the wrong area of the town or of the state or even the country? like, what if I just find the wrong area? And my answer to that is only buy where your property manager will recommend you to buy. And that's because they will be okay with collecting rent there and finding tenants. So if you track with me, the first answer is find a property manager. If you're looking at a town in, a, in, a, uh, you know, in the country and in the state, you find a certain city or a town Do not buy a property until you have a property manager who is actually going to make sure that the property is taken care of on a day-to-day basis. Now, if your property manager will not manage that property, that's a good indication you probably shouldn't buy it. Maybe you might need to find a property manager that will. That could be the case. But at the same time, they're going to give you reasons why, like, hey, you know, it's just a rough area of town. Like, even in the middle of the day, it's hard for me to go over there without, you know, getting uh, concerned that somebody's going to have, you know, uh, you know, I don't know, some kind of crime or whatever happened. And so you, and here's the key, another pro tip I wanna give you, you want to make sure when you go into a certain area, you talk to as many property managers as you can, find the one that you would like to work with and then work with them on the property. I get with all my students, I give them um, unlimited access to me on looking at deals. Like I'll analyze deals with them. Um, if they're in my coaching package, I say, you send me your deals. I will analyze them with you. And I get those deals that you are know, not deals, but like the properties, they come to me and say, Hey, what do you think about this property? My first question is, what did your property manager say? Like I, I can do my own research, but I'm only using research that's online, but I'm not going to be calling property managers because that's your job. Once you have your property manager, my question is, What did your property manager say? How much rent are you going to get for the property? How likely is it going to be rented? Are they concerned about the property? Do they like it? You know, all these sort of things. Basically, what does your property manager say about the property? (laughs) This is a pro tip, but you absolutely... It's common sense. Like, If your property manager... Doesn't want to to um, collect money from there because they're saying I'm concerned about my safety. That might not be the best place for you to buy. It could be. I'm not saying don't. You could still make money, but that gives you an indication of what type of property that you're getting into. It gives you a little understanding before you actually buy the property. Now the next one is along with what if I buy the, the you know in the wrong town, the state or country is. You need to research your area, and that's by talking with everyone that you can come across. Even looking on Craigslist for other rentals in that area, Call up that person that is either the landlord or the property manager and say, hey, you know, I'm an investor. I, I'm looking at buying this area. Do you have any properties that you'd like to sell? And as they're talking, maybe I do, maybe I don't. And then with that, you say, well, so how is the area? You know, should, should I be concerned about any areas? What do you think about the crime here or the schools or all that sort of stuff? So talk to everyone about the area before you buy. Remember, we're building the business first and then buying the property. Now, here's another question I get. What if the place burns down? Like what if, oh, and along with that, what if I get bad tenants that actually tear up the place? So what we'll actually the first one? So what if the property burns down? Well, get landlord's insurance. Just like with every property, you have your car insurance, you have your home policy for your property that you live in. You know, if you're renting, you have renter's insurance. Get landlord's insurance, not just homeowner's insurance, get landlord's insurance, because maybe it might not actually cover for a tenant Living in the property, and you don't want that where all of a sudden you realize, oh no, I had a tenant in there, and they're saying I can't get you know the property burned down, and they' they're not going to cover it because there was a tenant in there, and I didn't have a landlord's insurance, so make sure you get landlord's insurance now the next question quickly is easily you know the next question right after you know place burns down is, well, what if I get bad tenants? you know what if I find a tenant that is actually a bad tenant tears up the property well, here's a big key do a background check on all applicants, every single applicant. And here, I'll give you another pro tip. Even if the applicants in that area, which I've had property managers tell me, well, in this area, people are not going to pay $30 to apply because, you know, they don't have that much money. It's a, you know, it's a rundown area. I pay for if If the tenants do not want to pay for the background check, I will pay it. I will pay $30 for a background check to save me $2,000 on an eviction. Wouldn't you do that? <laughs> would you be, I was like, jump, like, sign me up. Your, your hand, I'll be right up. You'll say, sign me up. I'll give you $30 to save $2,000 absolutely every time. And so I've even had people lie on the application. They look fantastic on the application. But after I run the background check, I find out they've been evicted four times in three years. Well, I don't put them in my property because I don't want to be the fifth time. So you want to do a background check on all applicants. Now I'm going to give you something that is absolutely free. It's a software that I personally use and I recommend to all my students and it's fantastic. It's called Cozy, C-O-Z-Y. It's a property management system and it's absolutely free for us as property managers and it handles just about everything and they're constantly adding more things to the software. And what you want to do is go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash cozy cozy c o z y masterpassiveincome forward slash cozy. They'll get you set up for free. You won't pay anything. The only way that they make money is when they do background checks. I mean, literally, your tenant's paying for the background check, and they will list your property for free. They'll handle all your expenses, meaning you know all the expenses you can put inside there, all your income. They people can pay online. It's it's fantastic. So go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash cozy to get such a fantastic property management software. Now, along with the bad tenants, what the question that I get after that is, you know, even if I get good tenants, what if they tear up the place? You know, the first one is that bad tenants, I'm going to have to evict them, obviously. Um, Hopefully you mitigate from that by doing a background check. But what if the good tenants actually tear up the place? Well, again, do a background check. Absolutely do any question that I get from any student that says, what if this with, with tenants, what if that with tenants is Run a background check and pick the best tenant that you feel is going to be taking care of the property. That's going to be very truthful and honest. So, always, always, always. i mean, I can't say it. This is a a pro tip, common sense, but most people don't do it. Run a background check. Now, that's criminal. That's um, uh, what's a financial background check? You see their credit score, see how much debt they have, and all that sort of stuff. But also eviction. You want to see all of that. Now. What, if they tear up the place, if you do a background check, you're mitigating the chances. But here's the thing. If they do tear up the place, it's really the cost of doing business. Hopefully, you're making $250 a month. So if they tear up the place, it's going to maybe cost you you know, $1,000 to fix up the place and get it rented again. Well, you've made $3,000 in the one year and $1,000 on the changeover. Okay, that's, that's a bummer. But let's say you're only making $100 every single month and you're making $1,200 total. Well, $1,000 fix-up, you only have $200, $200 uh, left over. So anyways, all that's said, say, do a background check. You want to make sure that you mitigate potential issues with tenants. All right, guys. So now we are coming to the end of the show, and I realize there's so much more to talk about. There's so much more to share. So I'm going to put this into two different parts. Come back next week. You're going to listen to the other part where I'm going to go through the actual process that you need to go through to get over the fear and get your first property. So come back next week and learn more about how to get over the fear of buying that first property. All right, again, go out there and get my free course, masterpassiveincome.com free course. Get that for yourself so you can get started investing in real estate. Now, hope you guys are starting to see that it's actually possible for you to invest in real estate. Get out there and start doing it. All right, guys, you take care of yourselves. I'll see you next week where we pick it back up with getting over the fear of how to buy your first rental property. All right, see ya.